The Archers Boogie On Down at the Disco was produced in our Pebble Mill Studios by Niall Rogers. Now on Radio 4, today's Daily Service, which, due to an oversight by the locations manager in the BBC Religious Affairs Department, comes to you from Billy Smart Circus in Folkestone. We join together now in our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. We pray for your world, and we think again of places that are filled with violence. Countries in the Near East, Afghanistan, and other places where there are victims of brutality. We think of those who are in the grip of unimaginable poverty, and of those who are only too familiar with hunger and despair. Lord, in your mercy. Go. He's wrong, folks, because in actual fact... It's the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. Good, that's loosened it. On the programme tonight, a rare recording of Frank Sinatra on a pogo stick. I've got you under my skin. We've also a very rare recording of Frank Sinatra eating his lunch. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. Plus, there's this widely available recording of Frank Sinatra fighting a gorilla. I've got you under my skin. I've got you But first It is time for more of your letters and emails in this week's edition of Dear Dredge an unusual jingle. And he wrote up, here's an email from Terence Terenceson of Terence-on-Sea. That's a lovely part of the world, if slightly fictional. He writes, Dear Dredge, some time ago you interviewed a man who had been diagnosed as being slightly odd. How is he getting on? Well, we've asked him back to the studio to check on his progress. Three-time winner of the three-time winner award, Don Durbridge. Biscuits! Oh, sorry. Hello. Narden Don, the last time you were here, you had a duck strapped to your head. Ainsley, that's right. And where is he now? He's gone, John. I imagine you must be fairly relieved about that. No, not really. You see, it was never my intention to let him go. I was adjusting the harness and he just took off before you could say as soon as look at you. But despite this, wouldn't you say that the complete absence of creatures strapped to your head is a giant step towards becoming much less odd? No. I was very attached to Ainsley. Mainly because of the harness. John, can you turn that music off? It didn't help him. Oh, sorry. Now, regular listeners probably won't... (laughs) Are you all right to continue, Don? No. Good. 
Regular listeners probably won't have forgotten that you were also trying to wean yourself off the rather unusual habit of running around shouting biscuits. Actually, John, I'm dead chuffed to announce that I have, in fact, managed to give it up. That's brilliant news, Don. Yes, I now use my car. It's a lot faster. Well, if you're listening at home and are worried about someone in your family becoming slightly odd, the Royal Society for the Prevention of Becoming Slightly Odd has put together a free fact sheet, which is available by sending a self-addressed envelope to the RSPBSO, 97 Bonkers Gardens, Round the Bend, Nutsford. And now, episode three of... The aliens that came from a completely different planet to Earth. Last time, Vera and Jeff... Jim! Last time, Vera and Jim were with Captain Frank Rogers at the Flying Saucer Investigations Unit in nearby Clacton when he received a telephone call informing him that an alien spacecraft was hovering above, ready to destroy them all. You must attack the spacecraft with all the firepower the army possesses. Great idea, Vera. How did you come up with it? I didn't. You said it at the end of the last episode. Did I? It's been so long. Quick, Jeff, get me the telephone. It's right in front of you, Captain. Thank God! And it's Jim. Hello, Jim. This is Captain Frank Rogers of the FSIU. We have a code red in situ at our Clacton HQ and immediately require all the firepower the army possesses. Sergeant Twinnock, head of the United States Army and part-time window dresser, reporting for duty, sir. Great Scott, that was quick. It's a short episode, sir. Tell me, Sergeant, did you bring all the firepower the Army possesses? I brought a grenade, sir. Is that all? Defense spending cutbacks, sir. So, you've just the one grenade? Sir, yes, sir. Ready to deploy, sir. Taking the pin out already, sir. Great Scott, put it back in before it's too late, you stupid nit. Jim, Vera, Frank, the other guy. We've got to get out of here. Jeff! Where have you been, Jeff? Wouldn't you like to know? Yes, I would. That's why I asked. I've been thinking up a way to defeat the aliens once and for all. What's your plan? What we need to do is think of a way to defeat the aliens once and for all. Why didn't I think of that? I don't know, Jeff. I just don't know. It's Jim. Coming under fire from the aliens again. We'll never get out of here alive. Unless. Unless what, Frank? Unless what? Unless. Uh, no, it's gone, sorry. People of Clacton, we've been observing you for many millennia and have decided to take over your puny seaside town as a dress rehearsal for world domination. In order to fulfill this task, there is one human of particular interest that we require for further study. Bring forth the one they call Jeff. Me? What do you want with me? What do you want with me, damn you? No, sorry, I meant Jim. What will become of Jim? What will become of Jeff? 
What if nothing became of Jim, but something became of Jeff? What if nothing happened at all? Would the episode be even shorter? Find out in our next Even Shorter episode. Time now for one of our most popular features. In the Leighton Buzzard area, at least, what's on in Leighton Buzzard? Throughout the whole of Thrings Day, a splendid array of cars will be on show at the Leighton Buzzard multi-storey car park. Why not drive along and take part? Or, if you can't drive, cheer on someone who can. You may even spot my brother's, neighbour's, uncle's, mother's Vauxhall Viva into the bargain. A fun day out for all the family. On Thribs Day, local beach combo The Garglers will be returning to the Leighton Buzzard Village Hall and Laundromat with their unique mix of 1970s cover versions and gargling noises. Everyone was knocked out by the band the last time they were in town after an argument on stage escalated into a full-scale punch-up. And many say the atmosphere at their gigs can be quite infectious, so people with a poor immune system should consider wearing a hazmat suit. A fun day out for all the family. And on Fuel's Day, the massed bands of the Royal Leighton Buzzard Artillery will be holding a sponsored yell at the town's central glass-blowing factory. Last year, they raised over £4.50 for the Help the Mast Bands of the Royal Leighton Buzzard Artillery Get Their Voices Back After the Sponsored Yell Fund. And this year, they're looking to raise another 50p at least. Spectators are advised to take a packed lunch, as it's an all-day event and the food on sale will be dreadful. Other than that, a fun day out for all the family. So, that's what's on in Leighton Buzzard. Now let's take a look at what's off in Leighton Buzzard. Chip forks through the ages, the talk at the Library Theatre by retired chip shop manager Bernard Drains has been postponed owing to a petition from the Noise Abatement Society. A spokesman for the society made no comment. The Leighton Buzzard Piano Hurling Championships have also been cancelled as a mark of respect to veteran hurler Malcolm Dint, who last week successfully hurled an early 19th century Belgian grand piano into the River Ouzel only to drown whilst giving an underwater recital later the same day. And finally, if you know what's good for you, don't touch the prawn vindaloo at the Far Pavilion's Balti House. Thank you. Bert, now that we've moved to the North Pole, I've begun to miss dear old England. Don't worry, not Bert. I've got you a little present. What, this 60-foot-high parcel? Yes. Why don't you unwrap it and see what it is? Isn't this exciting? I wonder what it could be. How kind of you to buy me a present. Isn't this exciting? I wonder what it could be. How kind of you to buy me a present. Isn't this exciting? I wonder what it could be. How kind of you to buy me a present. Isn't this exciting? I wonder what it could be. Bert, you shouldn't have. It's the British Museum. 
Put a smile on someone's face with buyabuilding.com. We've got the Tower of London, the Royal Festival Hall and everything in between. Bert, this British museum is brilliant. It's got exhibitions, galleries and even a gift shop. Shall we go in? I'm afraid we can't, not Bert. It's early closing and probably structurally unsound. Buyabuilding.com. Hurry while stocks last. And now, from Norwich, it's the answers to last week's quiz. Question one. If cats are feline and dogs are canine, what are bears? The answer was large wild animals with thick fur. For question two, I read the following statement. Some bags are suits, all suits are trousers, some trousers are shirts, and all shirts are coats. What is your conclusion? Well, the answer was, quite simply, the man who set the question is mentally ill. Question three asked for the connection between the words Morecambe and wise. Well, anyone who performed in a nativity play as a child would have remembered that the three wise men came from Morecambe. Question four. What is the collective noun for a large group of sea otters? The answer was, of course, a lot. And finally, question five. Bill is off to visit his mother and father. At nine o'clock, he takes a train from Sear Green, which gets to Euston at eleven o'clock. He then takes another train, which gets into Birmingham Snow Hill at two o'clock. Finally, he takes a third train, arriving at Birmingham New Street at 2.35. Why has he done this when his mother and father live in Finsbury Park? Sadly, we were all pretty much stumped by that one ourselves, but as soon as we work out the answer, we'll let you know. <coughs> I do beg your pardon. Anyway, the first postcard pulled out of the nothing-to-do-with-anything show Vat of Porridge was from a Mr Adolf Gnatt, who is holidaying in the Canary Islands and therefore probably couldn't care less that he has won some poxy competition, especially as there aren't any prizes. This is the almost legendary superstar Sally James saying, Biscuits! Is that all right? Why not? Well, do it yourself then. Goodbye! Welcome to the part of the show that we like to call Colin, even though it is in fact called Where Are We Meant To Be Now? This week I'm going to chat to some of the locals in the tiny village of Boredom on Crouch, such as this man coming towards me now. Hello sir, may I have a quick word? No. No? That's a quick word, isn't it? Or weren't you listening? Did God not give you eyes? Right, uh, well, thanks very much. Not at all. Love the show. And if I turn roughly 120 degrees anti-clockwise, I see that I have with me someone who's been described by many people as Eileen Jacobs. Eileen Jacobs. Hello, Eileen. Please, John, call me... Tell me... Tell me, Eileen, have you lived in the village long? Let me see. Um, I first moved here in 18... Oh, come on, Eileen. Surely it can't have been as long ago as that. In 18 caravans, John. I come from a large family. Ah, right. So in what year did you and your family move here? 
Wow, I can't remember exactly, but I do know that the year before was 1980. I vividly remember listening to the Human League as we unpacked the tea chests. Really? Yeah, they used to practice in our shed. Well, you know what they say, practice makes perfect. That's right, although not in their case, of course. Well, maybe we're about to find out, because yes, here's an unexpected bonus for some and an unwelcome intrusion for others. It's the Human League. I think I'll park here. Phil Oakey. I must admit I was very surprised when Eileen here told me that you, of all the early 80s new wave synth-pop groups in the world, had settled in boredom on Crouch. Do you enjoy the rural way of life? Oh yes, we've become totally self-sufficient in that we now grow our own synthesizers. In fact, here's one we've just harvested in the back of the van. Good heavens, that's absolutely enormous. I know. We were hoping to sell it to Rick Wakeman at market. Joanne, what do you particularly like about living in this tiny village? I like the fact that we can go about our daily electro business without being boiled. Sorry, bothered. I mean, nobody recognises us around here. Yes, but to be fair, you've been out of the limelight so long you're hardly recognised at your own concerts. That's not true. Somebody recognised me the other day. That were me, though! Oh, yeah, that were her. Suzanne, how does living in a quaint village like this compare with growing up in Sheffield? It doesn't! Right. And by sheer coincidence, I believe you've got a new single to promote. That's right, John. Ever since we started living here in the village, we've been greatly influenced by the local traditional folk music scene, which in turn has led us to write far more meaningful lyrics. Well, let's hear an excerpt now, shall we? Whack for the day for the riddle I do. Whack for the day for the riddle lay. Whack for the day for the riddle I do. Whack for the day for the riddle lay. And that's enough of that. Welcome to another edition of the World of Twig Harper. I am Twig Harper, Twig Harper is me, and this specimen is Norris. Hello everyone, it's lovely to be back. What do you mean back? You haven't been away, you've been living under the studio desk. Only because you threw me out of the house. I didn't throw you out, you moved out. I had no choice but to move out when you threw me out. Yes, that's what I meant. Anyway, dearest listeners, I've had an overwhelming response to the formation of the World of Twig Harper fan club. You call one email from your mother overwhelming? I hadn't heard from her in ten years. I can understand why. Don't forget that when you join my fan club, you'll receive a free copy of the current issue of World of Twig Harper magazine, which includes hundreds of fascinating articles about me. Hang on, there's no mention of me in here. Uh, yes, there is. It's on the inside back cover. Where? Down a bit. Where? Down a bit. 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 There. Thanks to Norris for moving out. Right, that does it. I've had enough. I'm going to ask the BBC for my own series. <coughs> really? Well, good luck with that, Norris. Good luck with that. 
Now on Radio 4, by popular demand, we hand over the airwaves for the next 48 hours to Sony Award winner and Radio Academy Personality of the Year, Norris. Everybody, Norris here, welcoming you to another super edition of my incredibly successful show, Weekend World of Norris, with me and my genetically modified clone, Norris 2. Hiya, folks! Since Norris 2 and I announced the formation of our Weekend World of Norris fan club, we've received over 2 million applications, and we'll be reading out every single one, because this is the first radio programme in BBC history to receive a guaranteed indefinite commitment. Mission. Excuse me for a moment, millions of adoring listeners. Hello, Norris. Twig Harper! I... I was wondering if there might be a chance of doing a little something on your show. Since my series was cancelled, I've been reduced to begging for walk-on parts in Crime Watch. I'm starving, Norris. I've hardly eaten since brunch. All right, Twig, read this. That was Weekend World of Norris, which was written and performed by John Dredge and the producer Richard Cray, with special guests Anna Emerson, James Shakeshaft, Greg Haste and a lemon meringue pie. Thank you, Twig. And here's your fee. Now take your lemon meringue pie and get out! Now then, listeners, the first fan club application of the two million or so we're going to read out today comes from Mr Don Durbridge of Dinnington. He writes, Dear Norris, please rush me my fan club membership pack straight away. Biscuits! I've been a big fan of yours ever since I became slightly odd. Yours sincerely, Don Durbridge. P.S. Biscuits! Next up is an application from a Mr. Niall Rogers of She Comes Clean.